One of the biggest challenges we as believers face is not knowing the enemy and how he works. We don't realize that although the enemy has been defeated more than 2,000 years ago because of Jesus, we still need to understand that we play a part in the invisible war between good and evil. Join us today as we discuss the methods of Satan and how we can defeat him once and for all. It's time to reign in every aspect of your life. Regardless of how intense the battles are, you can shorten the process by knowing how the kingdom of God operates and take authority over the enemy which Jesus originally intended it to be. So come on, tune in as we share the truth about spiritual warfare. Welcome to Estrepreneur, a podcast for entrepreneurs and leaders doing business and life God's way. Each week, we discuss biblical and practical tips to improve your mind, business, spirit, relationships, and finances. Listen along as I speak with special guests on how to thrive in all aspects of life. Hi, I'm Edna. Like many of you, I wear many hats. I'm a military wife, mother, author, certified John Maxwell business and executive coach, trainer, and founder of Favor and Wealth, where we help the good guys win. So tune in as we bring on the light. Well, good evening, everybody. I am so grateful and honored that I get to share um, his word to you guys tonight. Um, I know I took a break last week. It's been a busy, busy couple weeks, um, but I'm definitely glad to be back. Um, I am gonna be talking about knowing the enemy, his tactics, and how he does things, and how we could um, battle him in in this war. Um, let's just open up with a word of prayer, and then we can begin. Father God, I just thank you so much, Lord, for this time where we can hear more about your truth, oh God, I pray, oh God, that you just give us, Lord, the ears to hear, Lord, what your spirit is saying this hour. I pray, oh God, that you will give us, Lord, eyes to see, Lord God, in the spirit, Lord God, so that we could see, oh God, the things that are coming against us, Lord God, and we could defeat them once and for all. Father, use me, Lord, as I speak your word. Use me, Lord God, as I share um, the truth, Lord, about our weapons. And I just pray, oh God, that we will be mighty, oh God, in this era, that we will be using the tools that you've given freely to us so that we can go ahead and overcome the tactics and the strategies of the enemy, and most importantly, win this war for your sake. Lord, we love you, we honor you, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I am going to go ahead and start by sharing um, a little bit of why I'm doing this. First of all, I want to say that I know that a lot of us right now are in the battle. You know, when I say in the battle, we're at war. I've been battling for years and we're trying to understand what's going on. Why is this taking so long? You know, we've been hearing all these prophetic words about, you know, that this is a new season, this is a new era, and it just seems like things are still the same or in fact getting worse. And um, things are getting heated up. And at times we may question what God is doing. At times we may question our faith. At times we may question the other person who's speaking the message. Are they really hearing from God and so forth? And I know because I've done it many, many times throughout my life. And um, and so today I kind of want to share, you know, this might take a little bit longer because I definitely want to take my time with this topic only because I know that this is so essential and it's important. Um, because if I didn't know this what I'm about to share you guys with you guys I think I would have been in the battle a lot longer than I am that I went through so the process was a pretty long battle it started in 2012 actually actually before that but the heat the 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 battle the, the I guess the furnace was extremely hot from 2012 until now and not to now, but until last year. And so um, it's definitely been, um, as you guys saw in the YouTube, like if you guys have been watching the videos, you could see that I've been through some intense warfare. But um, I just wanna share that this is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. Each and every one of us have our own stories, our own journeys, our own battles. So it's nothing, um, to I guess glorify, but I just want to share that I 
the things I'm sharing with you isn't just a thought or a theory. These are actual experiences um, that I'm going to be sharing and principles that I use um, to basically get out of that battle. And when I say get out of the battle, yeah, actually get out of the battle and stop, stop battling and start reigning with Jesus. So I'm going to go ahead and share this. And as people join, I am going to let them in. All right. Okay. So let's go ahead and start here. So knowing your enemy, I think it's so important that we understand who our enemy is and understand how he works. So as I was, actually, this is, uh, I shared this message. I went to Texas. For those of you guys who didn't know, I ministered over there um, in Huntsville and, uh, in April. And it was about deliverance. But I took some of that. I added more stuff in here. But um, I want to start off with a video that I saw. And hopefully you guys can see it. So let's go ahead and do this. I've never done it. Here we go. Let's watch it. So as you can see, there is a little girl that's wrapped around with a python snake. And as she's sitting down nonchalantly, this python is just chilling, hanging out with this little girl. Now, I share this with you because I wanted to emphasize something. First, let me just stop sharing this real quick. Um, so from the moment we were born, from the moment we were born, um, the enemy has been targeting us. But before I talk about that, I want to talk to you guys. You just saw the video about the, um, about the little, the, the little girl with the snake. There is a story, I think it was in Brazil or South America. I forgot exactly where, but there was a woman who had a pet snake and she slept with this snake every day, um, until the snake was grown. One night, the this python or this snake, I don't know, I think, I'm pretty sure it was a python, wrapped itself around the woman and basically um, um, choked her to death and then was able to eat the woman. So I believe it was South America. I'm pretty sure it was South America. So the Lord gave me this analogy that's what's happening to the body of Christ is from a young age, the enemy has been, you know, targeting us um, nonchalant, thinking that we're thinking that the enemy isn't really affecting us, but the things we watch, the things we say, the people we interact with, the decisions we make, all of that, those little things that we do in our lives is affecting us spiritually, whether we know it or not. And so what happens is by the time we figure out that, oh my gosh, we are dead. When I say like things are just awful, awful, it's a little too late because the enemy is already suffocating us and we feel overwhelmed and that's how he kills us. And when I say kills us, it could be literally or spiritually where he's just like, we're just, we just feel like we can't go on. We can't move forward because the enemy from a young age has been studying us from the moment we were born because he hates us and I'll explain why he hates us. So I'm going to go ahead and share back my screen. Okay. So let me go ahead and continue. I'm going to hide my face here so we could focus. So we have two paths we can choose to walk on. We can choose on the wide road or the narrow one. As we all know, the wide one is usually easier and the narrow one is super hard. So let's look at math, 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14, not Mark, I'm sorry. Matthew 7, 13 to 14, I, I wrote that wrong. Enter to the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is a road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Let's go to the next verse. John 1, 14 says, And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we saw his glory, glory in the same matter as the only child of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, God loves and disciplines. Okay, he loves and disciplines. Again, I'm going to say it again. He loves and disciplines. He is full of grace, but he's also full of truth. The church is failing us. We talk so much about the grace, but not enough of the truth. And, you know, that is what's going to set us free is the truth, right? Hosea 4.6 says what? What is Hosea 4.6? Hosea 4.6 says people perish because of lack of knowledge. Now let's look at Hebrews 5.14. Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food is for the mature saints, those who have exercised for themselves the senses that are trained by practice for distinguishing both good and evil. So as you could see here, it's pretty clear in the scriptures that to determine if you're mature, as far as a mature saint, is being able to distinguish between good and evil, having discernment, distinguishing between good and evil. Now, um, like I said, from the very young age, the enemy does not like us. <laughs> he had his, he hates human beings. Um, he's been jealous of the future glory God promised man. As you all know that Satan had a lot of pride and he didn't, you know, want to be second or he didn't want to be, he wanted to be God, period. And the fact that the thing that he wanted, God is just freely giving to us, his sons and daughters, because we are in, inheriting, um, the, in our inheritance through Christ Jesus is being able to have, you know, power that God give, has give, freely given us through his son, Jesus Christ. He hates that. So he desires the earth and, and its glory. And we were just given that freely because of we're, we're his kids. And so um, let's go, but don't take my word for it. Okay, let's look at Psalms chapter 8, verse 5, which says, Okay, let me back up. Sorry, let me, I, didn't, I didn't type it up, but let's go ahead and see what Psalms 8 verse 5 says. Psalm 8 verse 5, and you guys can look it up in your scriptures. It says, you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. And so here we are. The enemy hates the fact that he has made, God has made us lower than angels, okay? A little lower than angels, and we have crowned, he has crowned us with glory and honor. So let's look at 1 Peter 5a and see what it says. It says, be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. The enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. 1 Peter 5a. So here we are, you know, the Bible says that the enemy is constantly looking for someone to devour. One of the things that the enemy is really good at is to lead people to deny his existence and operation. This is what the Lord told me. You know, the enemy doesn't want us to think that he's, you know, powerful. He doesn't want him to think us to think that he's, you know, good. It's counter what, what people think. You know, people think the enemy wants to feel like he's all powerful. No, the enemy wants us to think that he's nothing, like meaning he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's like this coolest little guy with a fork. You know, that's what, you know, like it was pitch, I think it's called a pitchfork. That's what the enemy wants us to know. And that's what the church is saying, you know, because they never talk about deliverance. They don't talk about the things that we're coming against because they think the enemy is little pancakes. And I understand that he is a little ant in the farm, but also I want to explain why it's important for us to know more about him than just he's this guy with a fork, okay? You know, first let's kind of talk about pride. 
pride brought Lucifer down and pride can also take you down. If we do not think we're susceptible to the devil's tricks, we are foolish. Okay, we are foolish to think that we are just this. We're always going to make the right decisions. We could decipher between good and evil because I myself, obviously, I'm still learning and growing in my walk with the Lord. We, it's so the enemy is so cunning and he's so deceitful that he disguises himself as light when he's really darkness. And the things that you think are not harmful are actually harmful. And that's just how he works. So um, let's talk about uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. It says, if someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical moments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed, share their burdens, and so complete Christ's law. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. Here we are, basically, it's saying that stop criticizing other people because other people who are sinning because we ourselves are probably going to fall into the same sin and i share this because a lot of us you know we it's easy for us to point fingers towards other people the world or even other believers then you know and and we think that you know we could beat the devil and we're always going to make the right decisions and one of the things i wanted to share a story real quick um, so I remember I had this thought at one point, you know, and I'm, I don't know if you guys ever wondered this, but that Eve ruined it for us. Okay. Here's the best picture I could find of Eve. Eve ruined it for us. And, you know, if I were in her shoes, that I would just obey God and not even mess with the enemy. Like I really thought that at one point I was like, yeah, I can't believe Eve fell for Satan. Like I probably wouldn't have fallen for Satan. Then it dawned on me, right? You know, would I, am I so full of myself thinking that I can resist Satan, right? That then I remember those times where I was kind of looking down at a Christian friend because um, this person was promiscuous and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe her. Look at her. She is not, um, you know, choosing the right thing. And then not too longer, not too later, long after a few years later, I fell for the same thing, which ended up to a 10 year relationship and marriage with a man that I should have known was not of God. If I really looked at the signs and he was a Baptist on paper, but his character, his choices, his lifestyle all said the opposite. Yet I didn't hearken to God's still small voice and ended up dealing with his infidelity, alcoholism, emotional, physical abuse, and financial problems because of my bad decision. So what I'm saying is a lot of times that I, I, I'm just going to speak in truth and speak in love because I think it's important that you guys stop blaming sometimes. We always blame the enemy. When in reality, the reason why we're in the predicament that we're in in our lives is because of choices we made out of our own free will, making a decision out of our own stubbornness, out of our flesh, okay? And that is what we need to understand is sometimes, and a lot of times, it's not even the enemy. Sometimes it's us. We allow the enemy to basically beat us. Uh, when I say beat us, meaning torment us, torture us because of sin, because we allowed sin to enter into our lives because of our choices. You know, Satan is deceptive, but he's predictable. He uses both deception and temptation methods often repeatedly since his fall. I talked about this before, you know, about deception and temptation. Um, I wanted to talk about this again. First Timothy 2.14, it says, And Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. So I want to say this. Adam was not deceived. He knew what he was doing. Out of his own free will, he chose to eat that forbidden fruit. The woman, Eve, was deceived. She didn't know better. She was deceived and she became a sinner. So as you could see, the, the tactics of the enemy is twofold. It's pretty much been the same consistently. He either deceives you or he tempts you to do the wrong thing, knowing that it's the wrong thing. 
Okay, so Matthew chapter 6, 6, 6, 13 says, deliver us from the evil one. So have you ever wondered why God allows horrible things to happen to his children? I mean, he knows everything, right? Why doesn't he stop it? Why doesn't he stop it? Right? Why doesn't he stop these horrible things that happens? And, um, and, and this is the reason why deliver us from evil one is here is because God knows that we need deliverance. The Bible says, if you look at um, the Lord's prayer, it says, Father who art in our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. I forgive those who sin against us and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, isn't that interesting that deliver us from the evil one, that line right there is in the Lord's prayer. There's a reason why that the Lord's Prayer includes that particular line. And I don't think people understand the importance of that verbiage is, is because we're going to need deliverance. I stopped there on purpose. Each and every one of us in the body of Christ needs some sort of deliverance in order for us to move forward into where God has us. Because as we will talk about um, in a little bit, is that, once we open these doors or these gates because of sin because of things that we have done or our our ancestors have done it opens up the doors and gates for the enemy to attack you in a certain area because of that sin now i will talk about that a little bit later but i want us to focus on the hardships of life because i think this is very relevant right now with what's going on in the world today okay why are horrible things happening? Why does God allow it? I believe that it causes us to, re to basically, you know, realize our dependence on God, that we can't go through life without God, right? The enemy meant it for bad, but God uses it so that we could learn to trust him. We could learn to hope in him. We could learn to have faith in him. We could learn to ask him to help us because we were not meant to walk in this life alone. It was meant for us to fellowship with God. And if we are not fellowshipping with God, he cannot deliver us because he cannot, we're not aware that we need deliverance, if that makes sense. So let's go ahead and keep going because I have a lot to go over. The only three things that the scriptures really emphasize, you know, throughout the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, what is what do you expect to become a believer? And guess we're not going to like this, is endurance, patience, and long-suffering, okay? Endurance, patience, and long-suffering is the criteria it takes, I don't know if you guys could see my, my pointer, to, the, to get to the promise, Okay, without endurance, without patience, without long suffering, we cannot get to the promise. You cannot bypass endurance and enter into the promises of God. The completeness is only through endurance. But don't take my word from it, guys. I'm just a messenger. I know this is not what you guys want to hear, but let's continue. Let's look at the scriptures. Hebrews 10, 36 says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Next scripture, James 1, 2, and 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Next one, Mark 13, verse 12 to 13. says, brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have put them to death everyone will hate you because of me but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved let's go to the next scripture first peter 5 verse 9 to 11 i know you guys can't see it because of my face you're not the only one plunged into these hard times it's the same with christians all over the world so keep a firm grip on the faith the suffering won't last forever it won't be long before this generous god who has great plans for us in christ eternal and glorious plans they are will have you put together and on your feet for good he gets the last word yes he does once we accept that life is hard guys we begin to grow we begin to understand that every problem is an opportunity for us, okay? It's when we dig down and discover what we're made of. I always say that, you know, the, the darkness that comes in our life is brought upon God, by God or allowed by God so that we could find our light, which is, comes from within. 
You know, the pressures of this world doesn't define you. It just, it just basically pulls your real you from the inside outside. So whatever, however you're reacting, it has something that's already stuck within. Hopefully I'm making sense guys. So instead of letting our hardships defeat us, we welcome it as a test of character. We use it as a means of rising to the occasion. But the thing about it is society bombards us with messages that are quite the opposite, right? We have, you know, this impatient society where we have technology that provides us a push button living, right? We are told over and over again that there's a quick and easy way to do everything. Um, for example, you how to lose weight in six days, how to uh, become a multimillionaire overnight, you know, all these different things that that the world constantly bombards it with, which is the opposite of what the word says. Scriptures tells us that there is we need to have patience, we need to have endurance, we need to have long suffering. Those are things that the word says that we should expect in life, but the world, so the word says that, but the world says the opposite. And guess what guys, people in advertising know this. So they know this about human behavior, that humans, don't most people don't accept life as hard and will continue to look for quick and easy ways instead and that's how they get you guys to buy their stuff is because they realize that that's human um, psychology is that we don't want to accept that life is hard we don't want to accept it we think that life is supposed to be easy for us we live in a microwave you know microwave something society and that's not how it is. And I, and, and I think if you learn to accept that, that that's just part of life, guys, you will make your journey and your process so much easier and be able to consider it pure joy when you're facing trials of many kinds because you know the Lord is with you and that it's not going to break you. It's not meant to break you. It's not meant to defeat you. It's not meant to destroy you or kill you. Like you have to have that bold confidence and hope and know that in spite of what's going on in your life, God will use it for your good and for his glory. If you trust him, okay, if you listen to the truth and not the lies of the enemy, okay, the people who succeed in life don't try to escape pain, loss, or unfairness. They just learn to face those things, accept them, and move ahead in the face of them. Now, I do have to say that life is more difficult for some than it is for others. It's not a, a level playing field. If, if I may add. So one of the things that I have to encourage you guys is do not compare your lives to others because it's unproductive. unproductive. Life isn't fair and we shouldn't expect it to be. So some people's lives are going to have so much easier battles. Some people have extremely hard battles. There's no favoritism here. It's just the matter of life. It's just we can't stop comparing our journey with other people because that's going to drive you guys crazy. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit quicker here. Okay. So here's my husband. And one of the things that, you know, he's in the military. And one of the things that I love about him, he's very strategic in his thinking. He knows how to um, basically um, study the enemy. And that's what he's, he, that's what he's taught. Okay. So in the military, they will basically spend years studying their adversaries' weaknesses and find ways to exploit them. So in order for us to defeat the enemy, we need to be aware of the strategies and how they operate. So I want you guys to look at this quote that I put over here. It says, a timid, untrained army is no match for hell's terrorists. Okay? A timid, untrained army is no match for hell's terrorists. I believe that many in the body of Christ are untrained to fight the enemy. Untrained. We have no idea how to fight the enemy because, I'm going to hide my face here, because um, the church isn't teaching us how to fight the enemy. So Psalms 18.34 talks about God teaching David's hands to make war. Okay? Now, God is teaching David. Now, what are we teaching the body of Christ? A lot of people don't even talk about spiritual warfare in church. A lot of people don't talk about weapons of warfare. I mean, they talk about the scriptures, but it's not, they don't make it practical. They don't make it applicable. 
So in order for us to get into spiritual shape, we need to pick up our armor and go to the battlefront. Okay, we need to do that. So let's continue here. Oops. You know the enemy and know yourself. You know your identity in Christ. You will not fear the result of a hundred battles. You guys hear this? If you know yourself, your identity in Christ, but you do not know the enemy, for every victory gain, you will also suffer defeat. So you will win a battle, then you will lose a battle. Okay, now it says, if you do not, if you do not know your enemy or your identity in Christ or your weapons, you will succumb to every battle. So basically, you will constantly be bombarded with battles and you will always lose. This is huge, guys. This is so huge. Because I believe the body of Christ either knows themselves, but they don't know the enemy, or they know um, they don't know the enemy or don't know themselves. Those are the spectrums that they're in, and this is why we keep seeing defeat in our walk with the Lord and in our lives. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So let's talk about the army of hell. You will work, PowerPoint. <laughs> okay, there's multiple layers of multiple levels of of the army of hell so let's talk about that okay we need to be aware of their strategies and how they operate and principalities they're top ranking chief demons which corresponds with the archangels among the holy angels okay so that is the first one right it's the principalities that's the highest level of demons okay in in of devil i guess satanic I guess I mean, I guess our world warfare is against principalities. Now, before I begin, I want you guys to focus on this right-hand side here where it says all are subject to Jesus Christ. Okay, all are subject to Jesus Christ. Second level is powers. These are delegated authorities like policemen, oper which operates in governmental centers like national government. So the things that we're seeing in our local government, and I'm talking about the United States of America and other governments all over the world that you see evil, okay, though there are powers that operate in that level, which is why we're seeing a lot of abortion, a lot of even homosexuality, things that are not, that racism, all those things that you guys are seeing, guys, is being done by powers, okay? Let's continue. Rulers of darkness. Once these are rulers of darkness and they want to take over offices of government, legislature, and the courts. So these are the ones that make laws for the our land for our country so uh, the reason why i'm sharing this with you guys is you guys need to know that when you're praying your prayers need to be targeted and strategic and you need to know what you're coming against are you dealing with a principality are you dealing with the powers are you willing of do rulers of darkness when you're calling it out and you're saying demon and it's not a demon you're dealing with principalities that's a whole different type of prayer okay these are the kind of things that I want you guys, I'm, I'm not going to be able to teach everything, obviously, um, but you guys need to do your due diligence and study these things so that you understand what you're dealing with. I'm going to go really quickly, guys, because time is going by fast, and I, I know I got a little bit of delay because of my issues with my presentation. Spiritual forces of wickedness. These are the things that the lower level demons, unclean spirits that we deal with on a daily basis. So what they do is they torment your mind. So if you guys are seeing a lot of anxiety, stress, mental fatigue, um, those things that are just torturing you day and night, that is the spiritual forces of wickedness. These are what you call demons, okay? So these demons are lower level um, part of the army of hell that tortures you day and night and all the other levels which we see are are um that are operating in our society which is why you see a lot of destruction a lot of death a lot of um hatred you know all these different things is because of those different higher levels of demons so, because of all the battles we face in life, the poor choices we make, our ignorance of the devil's tactics, and so on, our reaction to each of these things that happens in our lives, which is basically how we respond, allows an open door to the enemy into our lives. 
So the demonic opposition will basically use the wounds and the hurts and offenses that we carry in our hearts as strongholds. These strongholds are basically belief systems, okay, that, that stops us from yielding to Jesus and allowing Jesus to minister and deliver us because we are our reaction to the things that are happening in our lives. I'm going to hide my face. So guys hiding that uh, our reaction that's happened to the things that happen in our lives, all these hardships is basically dictating whether we stay in this battle for a long time or we allow Jesus, the mighty warrior of God, defend us, defeat the enemy once and for all. But we have to understand that our reaction, and I'm so show my face here, plays a part our reaction to the things that we're seeing, the things that are interact that are happening to us, is plays a huge role in how long we're going to be in that battle. Okay, let's look at Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse three to six. Okay, and um, it says here that. For, we, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So as we can see here that the, we have to demolish strongholds. And again, what we talked about was strongholds are belief systems, okay? And these belief systems, and we talked about this before, guys, these belief systems is what's blocking us from receiving the deliverance and the healing power of God because our belief system is focusing on the wrong things. We believe more on what the enemy is doing than what God has for you, okay? Because our reaction to the things that he's doing, that I'm talking about what the enemy is doing in our lives, is showing who we believe in. This is why the Bible says, count it all joy. So when we're facing hardship, can you count it all joy? Can you still smile? Can you still have peace? Can you still have confidence in God that everything will be all right? The enemy is after our reaction because when we react to the things he's doing, then what happens is that will either open the door or will shut the door towards the enemy. Now, for those of you guys who are joining in, I talked a lot about, you know, the, the basically the different levels of, of demons and the basic different levels of the army of hell. And I would, um, I would ask you to go and uh, rewatch that. And I was having some technical issues, but, you know, we're good there. So we're going to go pretty quickly here um, over the next few things and just talk about the doors that opens access to um, the enemy. I mean, opens access to our lives by the enemy. So let's talk about these doors. Here we go. So disobedience, willful sin, like stealing, lying. When you're doing these things, guess what guys? It is opening the door to the enemy and it's giving the permission for the enemy to go and attack you. Second thing, unforgiveness. Third thing, emotional trauma. When you're going through hardship, when you're going through traumatic things, what happens is you, your reaction to that trauma, if you hold on to the emotional pain, basically, and you hold on to that grudge or you hold on to that unforgiveness and you just you guard your heart, that opens doors and gates to the enemy to attack your life. Inner vows and judgment. Let's talk about that. These are exa examples of this is when you're young and you like, someone does something let's say you know a parent was abusive or a caregiver was um i don't know just being uh rude and so forth um you a child or like when i say rude meaning very abusive let's just talk about abuse like that's the example god is telling me to to talk about abuse so what happens is this is when child abuse goes from generation to generation because a lot of times the child will not knowingly 
say, I will never treat my children like that, or I will never be poor like my parents, for example, just in the land I'll never be poor like my parents, or I'm never going to trust anyone and be vulnerable to anyone again. No one will ever will treat me like that again. So you make this, this, um, this statement to yourself as a child so that when you get older, um, you don't want it, so that as you get older, you won't experience that type of pain again. But what happens is at that moment, even though you should, it like your flesh would say, yeah, it's, you have every right to be upset at that person. But what happens is you're basically doing, ju pronouncing judgment over the individual. And as you know, the Bible says that if you judge others harshly, God's going to judge you harshly. Okay, so it's, 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 that's just how the principles of God work. I didn't come up with the law. That's just the kingdom law. So my point is don't judge other people. Forgive them, right? Forgive them. And I know it's hard. The things that I'm telling you guys, these are things that I myself had challenges accepting. I'm like, no, God, I should be able to be upset. This person, what they did to me was wrong. The rape was wrong. The abuse was wrong. The fact that they stole money from me is wrong. I, why, why, why am I the one who's getting punished for something that they did? And I know you guys are all thinking the same thing, but as I read these scriptures and, you know, I, I didn't put the scriptures here on purpose because I want you guys to look it up yourself. I realized that what happens is when we judge them, even though, again, they are wrong, okay? doesn't excuse them it opens a door to the enemy because we have pronounced judgment on other people and we shouldn't be judging other people because we have sinned and they have sinned and so we're not better than them we all all sins are equal to god and i know that's not what you want to hear but that's just the truth right Let's continue. Let's talk about curses, other ways, ancestral generational curses, spoken cur words that's been, that you spoke over yourself or people of authority over you have spoken of you that opens doors and gates to the enemy. Physical objects. These are things that you might have bought that somehow was dealing with witchcraft. Some of the things that um, might have been given to you by someone who operates in witchcraft. Um, I remember um, many times I would have to do a house cleansing whenever I would go to, um, I guess whenever the Lord tells me to do, I would go around my house, I would anoint my house, and I would um, basically ask the Lord to reveal to me books, videos, music, I don't know, gifts that was given to me, um, things that remind me of my past, you know, failures, whatever it is. Like the Lord knows what the enemy uses to keep the door open to us. And that's something that I can't tell you guys. That's something that the Holy Spirit has to teach you how to do it so that you can identify what those objects are so you can get rid of them. Lust of the eyes, things that you're watching. Guys, I can't tell you. The things that you're watching, movies, um, shows, Anything that basically glorifies sins, do not watch it. And I know it's hard because there's basically nothing out there, but that opens the doors to the enemy to attack your life, whether if it's your finances, your health, your family members, your loved one. These are all scriptural, okay? These are the things that I found in the Word of God that opens doors to the enemy. Pride of life, pride, any type of pride, okay, will open a door to the enemy to attack you. All forbidden, aberrant, or unlawful sexual relations, anything that is not between a man and a woman um, in marriage, okay, is not good, okay? And I don't have to talk about for perversion and all these things that are not of the Lord. Um, and I myself have fallen for those things, obviously. So I'm not here to judge you guys, but I'm telling you guys, when you do those things, whether it it's pornography, sex out of marriage, whatever it is, lusting um, after someone else and so forth, that's not your spouse. Guess what, guys? That opens the doors to the enemy and gives permission to the enemy to attack you. 
And unholy alliances is another one. These are groups that you decide to be part of that are not of God. Could it be cults? Um, I don't know. Just ask the Lord to reveal to you. It could be a business alliance with someone that operates who's a demon worshiper. Who you don't know, guys. And that's why I said from the very beginning about the snake. The snake is so deceitful. You don't realize that you are doing something wrong because the enemy is so cunning and like you feel like what you're doing is harmless, but it's actually a affecting you spiritually and it's it, it's killing you and it's allowing the enemy to attack you in every aspect of your life so let me ask you this and i'm going to ask you guys this question if you look at your life right now and you are seeing so many attacks could it be that some of these doors and gates are wide open for the enemy you have to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what what which one of these things and maybe it's not on this list that you are um you have done or you're choosing daily that that basically gives permission for the enemy to attack you and not leave you alone because sometimes we are stuck in that position of battle and we we can't get out god is already and this is the reason why and this and let me tell you guys something okay the other day i was reading ezekiel and the lord really um scared me a little bit not scared me but basically put a, a reverential fear and basically it talks about how if I don't share the truth with you guys, that your, your guys' blood is on my hands. So I know the truth. I know what, how the enemy works. I know how he can attack. And I can tell you guys this, the moment I identified all these things, these doors and gates that I opened to the enemy, I repented from it, asked the Lord to heal me, deliver me from those tactics and those strategies, my life started changing. Things are starting to get better, you know, and, and the Lord is so faithful and he's so kind and he's so merciful that if you really seek him, he will show you the truth and the truth will set me you free. And this is why I'm sharing this with you guys, because a lot of times we think that the reason why we're in the same battle or the same war all the time is because of the enemy, but it's not realizing it's the decisions you're making. It's the choices you're making that's giving access to the enemy into your life and sometimes it's okay it's better to know the truth right you know sometimes the truth hurts and it does hurt and i don't want to blame you guys for what's happening in your life but it's not about me blaming you guys i'm just asking you guys to reflect upon your life really come to this um this understanding and this deep walk with the lord that he is that you're allowing him to reveal it all good bad and ugly so that you could go ahead and step forward to the new season that god has been trying to give you but you can't move forward unless you are healed and delivered okay healing was what we talked about the other time and now is deliverance those are two huge things in order for you to experience wholeness which is nothing missing nothing broken in your life okay let's move on now, I want to talk about a few more things, okay? And this, I'm going to hide my face real quick here. Now, obviously, there's many different spirits that are operating, but these are the four spirits that the Lord wanted me to emphasize this for this session, okay? Um, oh, gosh, guys, I apologize. Man, what is up with my presentation? Okay, so the four spirits that the Lord wanted me to talk about really quickly, and I know time is already almost done, is the spirit of fear the spirit of antichrist, the spirit of religion, and familiar spirits. The spirit of fear is operating rampant on the world today. This is what you'll see a lot. This is when you're, you're afraid of danger, you're always anxious, you're panicking. These, this spirit, okay, needs to be um, countered with the spirit of faith, okay? You cannot be afraid to live your daily lives okay yes use wisdom yes use this sermon but you should you still need to enjoy your life because god is with you okay one god is with you so no matter what's going on in your life learn to to face fear and tell the devil tell goliath whatever the the lions whatever it is that you're facing and help that fear basically go away by focusing on the truth which is what god heals god delivers god saves you face the lie with the truth okay that's what you do the spirit of antichrist is the second thing i'm going to talk about um it's the spirit that causes a person or force 
to oppose Christ or the Christian church. We see it a lot here, guys. We see it a lot in society now where you are seeing people talking bad about Jesus, people talking bad about believers, people blaspheming, you know, the word of God, blaspheming, just the thing. And that is a spirit of Antichrist. Anything that is against Christ or a believer or a Christian and our values and our belief is operating in the spirit of Antichrist. This is another spirit that is operating rapidly in this world today. The spirit of religion is the other thing that the Lord wanted me to talk about. Oh, let me back up. The spirit of Antichrist is also, the Lord wanted me to emphasize false teachings. So these false teachings could be all religions lead to heaven. That's a false teaching because it opposes the Bible and, and believers. Um, and so not all religion leads to heaven. You see this a lot. You know, there's only, there's a, you know, everyone calls God different names, but, but, you know, it's all the same thing. No, it's not. The one true God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay? The Trinity, that is the only true God. Another thing is about love, right? How, and how we're saying love is, um, you know, the, basically, uh, they talk about LGBT, love everyone. You could choose who you love. No, guys, <sighs> it just breaks my heart because... The, the spirit of perversion is operating so much in the world today. And we as believers are not bold enough to speak truth and be like, no, guys, love is, love is obviously kind, it's patient, it has self-control and all these things. Yes, we're supposed to love everyone, but there are certain things in the Bible that was very clear that is wrong and homosexuality is wrong. It's in the scriptures, and I don't have time to go over that because, again, time is short, but maybe another session we'll talk about that, why it is, and it's not because, again, it's not because, trust me, I have loved ones, family, and friends who are homosexuals, okay, and I will continuously um, love them and support them and everything, but the, the thing is, it's just not natural like we're going against how god created a man and woman okay a man body part and a woman body part fit well if you have to change your body part for it to fit or do something i don't know go into details guys but my point is it's not natural we're trying to make something that god created and twist and try to make it fix it's like we're trying to put a square peg in a round hole, right? It's not going to work. Oh, I'm sorry for that analogy, guys, but hopefully that works. You know, we have to embrace that God made us beautiful the way he created us. We are a masterpiece, okay? And we have to embrace who we are. And a lot of times what I've found, and I'm not going to say this is relevant for all, but let me just give you an example because, again, I have to speak in love and speak in truth. Those people that, at least in my the people that I know, the reason why, and I believe this, is because, for example, the ones that were that are that says that they're gay, they didn't have fathers growing up. They didn't have a father figure, and so they don't. Maybe no one taught him how taught him how to be a man, right? And then you have others who became lesbians, and I know some of them, and their story is that they were raped by a man and they just couldn't trust the man again so i'm not saying this is a one story for everything but these are just some of the things that i'm hearing but instead of judging them i love them i love on them and i you know i say i, I always say jesus heals and it's not my responsibility to convict convict them and tell them that they're wrong but if they ask me what my thoughts are about marriage i'll say that marriage is between a man and a woman because that's what the word says okay but I am not going to force it on them. That's between them and God. Okay, but I will say what the word says. So that's just an example of the spirit of Antichrist and how these false teachings and things that are, that are going against the principles of God and against the Christian church and the Christian values is happening nowadays. Okay, the spirit of religion is the other thing. The spirit of religion 
basically is a loveless routine of religious works that has replaced the power and passion of the Holy Spirit. So basically we have all these religious activities, all these traditions, but no transforming power. Now I want to talk about the Ephesians church real quick. The Ephesians church were baptizing in water in the beginning. They were laying hands on the people for baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they were magnifying God in tongues, casting out demons, okay, healing with prayer cloths, etc. But then what happened was in their present time, and you could read this in Ephesians, they were a hardworking, uh, I think it was Revelation, I'm sorry, not Ephesians, guys, Revelations were talk, talking to the, the um, church of Ephesians. Ephesus. They became a hardworking congregation, yet the fire, the passion, the love has gone out of it. Demons are no longer leaving. Tongues were absent and miracles became a memory. So I believe this is what's happening in the body of Christ right now across the world. And I'm saying this because I feel the, 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 the heart of God is we are need the power of God to come back into the church, okay? We, the, the, the spirit of religion, you know, you think that, oh, because you're praying, because you're singing, because we're saying kumbaya, we're having Bible studies, Sunday school, all that stuff, that doesn't make church, church, okay? It's just a bunch of religious activities, religious work. What God wants is the passion of the Holy Spirit to come back into the church, the, the the speaking of tongues to come back into the church. He wants to see people casting out demons. He wants us to heal the sick, okay? Miracles need to be a daily thing. It's not a thing of the past. It's a present daily thing, okay? We need to embrace the, the power of the Holy Ghost and allow it to operate in the church of Christ. Because right now we are going to powerless churches, Okay, and this is why the world and society isn't being transformed and isn't being changed because we ourselves are not changing and being transformed within. It starts inside the house of God, then it's going to follow in the natural, the society, world, the things that are going on around us. So let's come against the spirit of religion, okay? The last thing is familiar spirits. Now, this is something important because I believe there is a false Holy Spirit that's operating in the Church of Christ right now. These are basically a family demon, a bloodline curse, a spirit associated becoming too, too common for a person. This is witchcraft, the works of divination. This is why a lot of times you'll hear, it seems like, oh, that's the Holy Spirit because he knows about my address. He knows what happened to my past. He, this lady note prophesied to me about the things that would happen, you know, uh, I don't know, between my husband and me and so forth. And guess what, guys? They're not hearing it from the Holy Spirit. They're hearing it from familiar spirits who are basically telling them things are going on and that's how they bamboozle you and take your money and says, okay, I know this is going on. If you sow a thousand dollars, see, this is going to leave. Guys, this is witchcraft. This is not God. I do not have time to go over all the examples of this, but be very cognizant and be very careful that that is not the Holy Spirit who's speaking through them but they are a familiar spirit who's been watching you since you were a child, since you were a baby. They're listening to this demon or this entity. Tell them about your past in order for you to, to do what they're telling you to do. So for get, and a lot of times it has to do with money, okay? It has to do with money and greed for profitable gain. That is not of God. And I'm asking you guys to just have discernment when it comes to those things. Okay, now. There's a lot of scriptures that talks about this, but I don't have time to go over that. Maybe in the um, YouTube uh, description, I'll put those scriptures about looking at the fruits and not their gifting. I did a teach teaching on that a while back. Okay, now there's a couple more slides and then we're good to go, guys. I know we're going a little bit over. Okay, so here we go. So we have here um, a warning. I did this. So one of the things that I want you guys to, to do is do not, I'm going to hide my face real quick. Do not spend too much time studying demons and the devil. I mean, to the point that's all you're doing is looking for evil. Do not do that. 
Um, remember in the banks, in order for them to know the fake and the real money, what they do is they study the real before they study the fake. So they don't even study the fake, they study the real. So my point is, in order for you guys to know what the counterfeit is, the counterfeit gospel, okay, the lies of the enemy, the, the things that are of the world and not of God, you need to study the word of God. You need to study the truth, study the real so that you could decipher the rule, the, the rule, the real versus the fake. Okay, so you will know his voice, that way you'll know his character, his ways, his thoughts, his agenda, his word is going to be so clear to you because you know him. And this is why intimacy with the Father is so huge right now. If you do not have a deep walk with the Lord, you will be bamboozled like I was. I was bamboozled because I thought I had a good walk with the Lord, but no, I was being bamboozled left and right because I was believing what they were saying versus getting to know God for myself and understanding His ways, His thoughts. But how am I going to know how He operates if I'm just listening to them middleman was telling me how God is operating instead of the, knowing God for myself. And so when I took the time to really have a deep, intimate relationship with the Lord, that's when things started changing because now I hear his voice. Now I have discernment. Now I have wisdom. Now I know if that person is speaking, is speaking of, of, of God or if it's speaking from the world or speaking from the enemy. That is so important nowadays, okay? Now, let's, how do we get set free? Here we go. Few things. Number one, don't be afraid. Remember that Jesus has empowered us through the Holy Spirit and given us all the authority of heaven. We are literally asking Jesus to take the judgment of our thoughts, our words, and deeds onto himself on the cross. Remember, Jesus paid the price. Okay, you don't have to pay the price. Jesus is the answer. Don't be afraid. Number two, admit and renounce. Renounce the sin, confess it, and give it to Jesus. Unconfessed sin will keep you in bondage. So in order for you to receive freedom, you must bring every area into God's light. So don't be afraid of the darkness. Okay, don't be afraid of that. Ask God to expose the darkness that's hidden in your belief systems, hidden in, the, in your past, hidden in your ancestors, whatever it is. This is how you guys are going to break the, 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 the chains of the enemy into your life is if you ask the Lord for wisdom and discernment and give you revelation on what things the enemy is basically accusing you of so that he can rebuke the devourer. Remember, we are guilty. Okay, there's no unrighteous, no not one. It's so much easier to just admit that we have sinned or admit that we failed and just allow the Lord to deal with the enemy. Stop trying to fix it and allow him to deal with it. And last is repent. Cry out to God with a repentant heart and believe that God's spirit will come into your temple and thoroughly set you free from every bondage. I can't tell you guys how many times I poured out my heart to the Lord in my darkest hours, in the times when I, I screwed up because I made poor decisions or if other people took advantage of me or abused me and I was just on the receiving end, it doesn't matter. I poured out, cry out to the Lord. He can handle your pain. He can handle your tears. He can handle your anger. He can handle everything. He loves us so much. And just allow the Lord to just do the healing, deep healing and deep work into your life. Okay. And that's the third thing. So the last thing that I wanted to share because I know we're gonna see some breakthrough in your life this month. I'm telling you, July is an the the atmosphere, the environment is so ripe, guys. I can tell you, I sense it, and I know it when the Lord's tangible presence is here. And I'm telling you guys, I've been feeling it since, gosh, July 1st, and I think it was yesterday. But literally, something shifted. Is when the things that the Lord has um, after the things the Lord has done in your life, after he does all of it, make sure you proclaim his name. Make sure you make his name known among the nations and what he has done. Make sure you share your testimony because your testimony and your story is going to encourage many others to follow the same route. I'm telling you guys, I am not 
speaking these things from my own from my own wisdom these are straight from the word of god everything that i've shared with you guys the doors the gates how the enemy operates what to do to stop the enemy from attacking you daily um these are all things that are found in the word of god okay it's not from edna's mind it's from the word of god study the word of god and you will defeat the enemy with his own game that's if you know how the enemy works again the two things what temptation temptation and what deception even though you know it's wrong so i'm telling you guys now what it's wrong and you still choose to do it guess what guys that opens doors to the enemy so that's temptation deception is you have no idea that all of those things were wrong and you're doing it so that's deception so those are the two ways the enemy attacks you to come to kill steal and destroy so remember guys once everything is done and you're out of that broken place you're out of that bondage you're out of that warfare and you're free and living in victory share your testimony praise god i share my toast testimony left and right even when i'm still in the journey even when i'm still just receiving bits and pieces of my victory bits and pieces of the reward and the restoration god is doing in my life i'm already praising him in advance i'm already giving him the glory he deserves that's the kind of attitude and mentality you need to have because that's going to get you from point a to point b okay that's going to get you to the next step if you learn to have a heart of gratitude a heart heart of praise and just being encouraged and bold being bold about your faith in him that no matter what is going on you're going to choose him you're going to choose joy and you're going to choose love okay you're going to choose to forgive those people who hurt you okay and then um then there's the cross i like to end with the cross because this cross changed my life okay once you know the meaning of the cross and just how beautiful what jesus did is for us to help, really help us be set free in our lives um you will learn to appreciate the cross more now i'm going to open up for a i never want to end this episode and i feel that i really need to extend this invitation to you right now if you guys are listening to this episode or any of the other episodes before and you want to start a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, please, please, please email me at ednaedna at favorandwealth.com, F-A-V-O-R-A-N-D-W-E-A-L-T-H.com or message me on estrepreneur.com, which is my uh, podcast website. And I would love, I would love, it would be an honor for me to pray with you and um, share with you, um, you know, what the next steps are for you as you make that decision to commit your life to the Lord and allow him to be the boss of your life. This is key. This is so essential. It doesn't matter what's going on around you, whether it's good or bad. Jesus Christ will change everything. And I'm going to make this bold statement that without him, you are nothing. But with him, all things are possible. And you will be unstoppable, both in the natural and in the spirit. He is the true answer. He is the source of everything. He is the answer you're looking for. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And if you would like to stop you know, being wavered to and fro, you know, from left to right um, because of the storms, because of the craziness that's going on in society today and the world. Um, Jesus Christ is your firm foundation. So please contact me. I would love to pray with you and bless you um, and help you uh, stay on um, a path where it is going to progress you towards you know growing in him god bless you guys hope you guys enjoy this episode i know this episode was really long but i really felt that this uh particular um message is what the lord wanted me to share this season and again i apologize about last week it's been a busy busy week with my daughter being sick but i'm back all right bless you my friends and i'll talk to you guys next week Bye bye Thanks for joining us this week on Estepreneur. Make sure to visit our website, favorandwealth.com, for more information on our services. 
While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. Also, check out my book, The Ugly Side of Sales, available on Amazon, where I share seven of my secrets on how to win and grow business the right way. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.